0: With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kamak with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today being Thursday, June 25th of 2020. It's quite remarkable because it seems to me that we are powering through June while we slow drag, slow walk through May with the protests and with George Floyd and the coronavirus looks like it was appearing back. And now here we are. It's June 25th. We've had the Tulsa rally. That has happened. And now we're learning all kinds of interesting things. And, and now, and now, just say and now. So how are you all doing? It's summer, but it doesn't feel like summer. And you and I know that there's nothing we love than kicking back and enjoying summer and going to the pool, going to the beach, hanging out by the poolside, going boating, sailing, yachting, and, of course, traveling. How is that for summer this year? Not looking too hot, right? Not looking too hot. So we, want to co- we have a lot to cover. And the first, uh, I want to say that uh, while I appreciate uh, the officers and the Brianna. Taylor case being charged, being being fired. I still am waiting for charges. I don't know what it's going to take for the mayor of Kentucky to ensure and the prosecutor, the county prosecutor, and the attorney general to make sure charges are filed. But CNN is also reporting that there's been an uptick in gun violence throughout the country. I knew this was going to come because have you noticed that the focus now is not on the marches, the protests, and the conversations surrounding racism. It has shifted now to the coronavirus. That is not because the coronavirus wasn't always happening. That's because it's directed. That's something they want to do to shift the focus because they want you not to march. They want you not to raise the standard and to raise awareness of the issue Of systemic racism, of course, the news media is owned by whites who are in power, so they have the money, the influence, and the power. And naturally, they don't want these conversations to continue because it's bad. It makes them look bad because the more the light shines on racism, is the more you realize how systemic it is, and how embedded it is, and how much uh, how endemic it is within the, the the fabric. Of the American society, it's the more you see it, it's the more you realize that there's racism in media. How many black anchors are there on CNN? There are none on Fox. <laughs> that much. How many are there on CBS, NBC, ABC, and so on? Right. The more you look at it, is the more you read. They, they, they don't want you to focus on it because then you're going to raise the standard and you're going to say, wait a minute, you're talking about it, but There you are, you're a beneficiary of white supremacy and white power. So they don't wanna talk about it anymore. Now they have shifted the conversation to the coronavirus. They don't wanna talk about the police and its relationship with the community. The police doesn't wanna be held accountable. The police wants to do what they want to do, but citizens are saying, we need you to be accountable for when things go wrong. Yes, there is an uptick in violent crime. Frankly, what has the police been doing? to prevent violent crime, and what have they been doing to hold in violent crime? The police always existed, and violent crime always existed. Violence against women and children was still high. Gun violence was still high, long before people talked about defunding the police. Now, personally, I don't believe in defunding the police. I believe some of the funds that they have should be repatriated and redirected to include social programs. I do believe that there needs to be some sort of reform, because why are the police responding to when you call and say, my my family member is crazy and acting out? I don't believe that that's the police's problem. I believe you should have something like a 311 for crazy family members right? I believe the police should focus on violent crime. Crime fighting should be their ambit. Crime fighting should be what they're about. Like I said yesterday to a police officer on the phone, people who commit crimes run from the police, but people who are innocent run to the police. I believe the police know this by now, that when they go into a a situation, the people who are running to them are the innocent ones. The people who are running away are the ones who are guilty. But be that as it may this whole conversation needs not to stop because it has to end somewhere but it's politics and i'm saying all of this to put my my conversation into in, into scope because this is all politics and the politics are local politics is always local y'all politics is always defining everything else that we do and the politics of change is such that they don't want the change because then that is going to remove their power. Now, think about it. If we continue to shine the light on racism, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to uproot it, isn't it? Yes. It's going to untool it, and it is going to disempower those individuals who are currently at the pinnacle of power, holding on, not because they're the best, not because they're the most knowledgeable, but simply because they're white, and they're placed there by otherwise to occupy a space that could be filled by someone more competent, more knowledgeable, more skilled, but who is black or brown. So the, they don't want us to focus on that. I, I, have, I have no issue with people taking those statues because statues are monuments to racism and the Confederacy and slavery. You've got to see where the people are coming from. If it is bad, why are you celebrating it? Why are you continuing to erect a statue to honor someone who killed millions of people? It's like, if you go to Germany and they suddenly erected a statue to to Hitler, would you all like that? The rest of the world would tear Germany apart, right? Because German, because what did Hitler do? He killed 6 million Jews. Well, it's the same thing here. They're saying, I don't want to see a statue of some guy who was busy, uh, who was a slave owner, and who enforced for slave because we know that as a slave owner by now, we know what they did. I have no issues with that. I, I think it's, I, I think, I think we need to recognize that and because what this is going to do going forward is it's going to hold people more accountable to what they're supposed to do. So you, you can't be up here in the public, saying one thing, but behind doors, you're trafficking in sex, you're trafficking in sex trafficking with children, you're selling guns, you're running guns and running drugs. Do you see what I mean? It's holding all public officials accountable. It, 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 you know, we've been talking about the conversation around Christopher Columbus has been taking place for a long, long time. This didn't just start. It's been taking place for a long time that Christopher Columbus, credited with finding, discovering the Americas is a lie. There were already indigenous people living here Indigenous, I don't know, that's a negative term I shouldn't even say they're native They were the true people They lived here long before anybody else got here So to say Christopher Columbus A white European Or some Viking guy Thor is his name, is that his name? Although I kind of like Thor But anyway uh, the, uh, the Viking dude whom they also Leaf, they say he discovered uh, uh, The Americans That's also a lie Why do you want to continue to take credit for something that had already happened? You see, and this is what people are saying. Why do you want to continue to to affirm yourself and to promote yourself as the discoverer of issues and events that are world-changing that you had nothing to do with? And so, my friends, we find ourselves right now at this, this continued barrage of politics intersecting and intercepting everyday life, and right now we're in the midst of a pandemic, and we we are now experiencing the politics that crept its way into something as concerning as our health. It is our health that is at stake. You and I are not immune from the coronavirus. If we continue to place ourselves in exposure, then we are going to get it. Now, I'm going to minimize my contact with the public where before on the lockdown, I would only go to the grocery store. And I would go there at specific times of day when it was less crowded. Now, I'm not going to go back out in public. I'm done now because the coronavirus is on the uptick in my state, in Michigan, a state that had flattened the curve. But the governor, who had done such a tremendous job? Of flattening the curve she was strident she was in front of this and she was fully convinced that as governor this was something she should do i really admire her because she took a lot of flack and a lot of heat for a young politician who really had no skin in the game except she just wanted to make sure that this didn't happen in her state she kind of just took us all up and said well this is what michigan is about and they nearly killed her they marched on lansing they went into the capitol with guns and swastikas and Confederate flags, and a news when a black lieutenant governor is sitting in office. I kid you not, because they wanted the right to go get a haircut. They wanted the right to go get a coffee. And now the coronavirus cases are on the uptick. They sued her because they want to reopen the state. I did warn you all that this was going to happen. I said we needed one more month to clear it. Just one more month would have cleared it. We would have completely flattened the curve and gotten everybody, gotten everything out of control. No, you couldn't wait. And now, you know what they're banking on? They're banking on herd immunity. You know what herd immunity is? Herd immunity is when everybody has been exposed to it, then you are less susceptible. Here's the problem with that. That takes years and a long, long time to develop. That means all of us would have to be exposed to the virus. That takes a long, long time. So now politicians are now saying they're not going to reopen, they're not going to shut down states. So you still value the economy and value money over everything else. I personally feel that the federal government who mishandled and bungled this owes businesses who have gone bankrupt as a result They owe these businesses a bailout. I think every business that has had to file for bankruptcy or had to shut their doors, the federal government should repay them and give them their money to restart their business. Why? Because it was the federal government who bungled this call. The scientists told us all. They went in front of the cameras and told the entire American public, this is a virus, this is coming, get ready. The politicians sat down, and said, no, it's a hoax. It's a Democratic uh, thing. They don't want them to re, uh, be reelected. And don't pay it any mind. It's not serious. It will go away. This was, by this time, this thing was already tearing up Washington, California, and was in New York. Are you listening to me? And now, here we are. So now, Secret Service, some members of the Secret Service, have to be quarantined as a result of exposure, as a result of attending the rally in Tulsa. The very thing that everybody said, the scientists said, don't do it, it's going to cause a problem. No, I'm gonna do it anyway, because I am the big guy, so I can do what I wanna do. I know you've exposed how many other people, so all those people, the two civil uh, secret service members, agents who checked positive for the virus, their family members, and their community. So they went back home. They uh, went shopping. They went about the business of their lives. Everybody has now to be quarantined, plus their coworkers. This is crazy. This is that intersection of politics and the coronavirus that is killing us all. Do you know a couple of days ago, Florida hit 4,000, 5,000 cases in one day? It's crazy, isn't it? It's simply crazy. That's the intersection of politics and the coronavirus. And now, I was listening to watching an interview with the governor of New York this morning, and he said, I'm not calling this politics because you said a few months ago when the Florida governor said, we don't want anybody from New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey coming to Florida. Now the situation is reversed. They're like, well, We're not gonna stop you at the border because constitutionally you are allowed to travel freely within the country from one state to the other. But what we are going to do is to ask you to quarantine for 14 days. And as the governor of New Jersey said, he said, it's not a polite request. So if you're coming from Florida and you're headed to New York, Jersey or Connecticut, you are required to quarantine for 14 days. Imagine that. And now the states, all these are red states, by the way, Florida, Utah, Arizona. Oh, I'm just reading them to you. You want me to read them to you? Florida, ready for them? This is a roll call. Florida, Texas, Utah, North and South Carolina, Arkansas, Arizona. These are all red states. They're as red as you can get. All these states are seeing an uptick in the coronavirus. And don't forget our friends down in Georgia. All these states are seeing an uptick in the coronavirus. And you've got to ask yourself, what on earth is going on? Now, the thing about the virus this time, remember when the virus first started, they told us what? That young people couldn't get it. Remember that? So young people were like, hey, I can go party. If it's not affecting me, why do I have to put myself away? Guess what now? The age group most commonly affected is 18 to 35. Imagine that. Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What is even more interesting is that the infection rates for people under 50 is higher than it was before. Could be that a lot of the folks in nursing homes, they've managed to control that, but we don't want it to go back to nursing homes because then we're going to lose more of our family members who are vulnerable. I don't want to see go to daycare. Do you? Remember when I talked about this, that, how are you going to feel if you, go, if you go back to work and then your baby comes home sick, your young child comes home sick? I don't want to go through that as a parent. I would not want that. But here we are. Because politicians who are interested only in the vote, politicians who are interested only in seeing themselves on the news and who are interested only in, 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 uh, in just talking, talk, 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 are putting our lives in danger. The coronavirus does not go away because we wish it to go away. The coronavirus is a virus that has gotten out of hand. If we really had watched what happened in China, we would have been more schooled about it, but we ignored it. Do you know, for instance, right now in Beijing, Beijing has restricted, Beijing, China, the capital of China, Beijing has restricted travel from other parts of China to Beijing. What are we doing here in the United States? After the virus resurged in Wuhan, now it's in Beijing. Do you know how far away these two cities are in China? They're thousands of miles away. But here we are. And we're looking at this as if it's a joke and it's a hoax. I watched all those folks go to the rally in Tulsa. Nobody wore a mask. So you're all talking and laughing amongst other people who probably were asymptomatic. But you might have a pre-existing health condition that will make you more susceptible. You might have congenital heart failure, you might have respiratory illnesses, you might have high blood pressure or diabetes that makes you and if you're a smoker, you are even more susceptible. And there you are sitting in a in an auditorium filled where everybody's droplets from their mouths was going around, and you would wear a mask. I am one of those persons you are going to encounter in public wearing a mask. I am not walking out there to breathe the same air. As much as I love you, I'm not going to breathe the same (laughs) air that you breathe. Because I don't know. This is that intersection of politics and the coronavirus. Now we're going to see even more disparities in healthcare as a distribution of resources than ever before. The states I mentioned, Florida, Texas, and California, for instance, those are heavily brown states, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Arizona, right? Those are heavily brown states. Now you're going to see more disparities in healthcare. As a matter of fact, one city in, 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 in Florida, I think it was Palm Beach, said or Palm Beach County said they're out of ICU beds already That is crazy. And guess what? This is still the first wave of the virus. The second wave hasn't happened yet because the fall hasn't come in. We're still in the first wave, just like the scientists had said. Their predictions and their models were that this was going to continue because we reopened states too quickly. The Florida governor is looking crazily stupid now because you're looking at him like, dude, you had all the facts. Just like the Georgia governor who said he didn't know asymptomatic people could transmit the virus. And now that's all that's going on because 18 to 35-year-olds may not display the symptoms, but they're transmitting it to others who are more susceptible. People who smoke. And we know young people smoke. They vape a lot. Right, They go get high on their weed or whatever they smoke, whatever their drug of choice is. They may not say it on national TV, but I can say it. And they go and get themselves stoked up. So they're more susceptible. Are you listening? They're more susceptible. And they're still doing it. Remember after Memorial Day, they showed the picture of what happened in the Ozarks. We reopened states too early. I said it at the time. We could have waited until June. It, was go- it would have worked out. But no, we were in this mad rush. The federal government needed to provide more protections to small businesses and businesses. They needed to make it easier for people to access, for companies, small businesses to access the loans. Instead, they're giving it out to big companies. One of the companies they gave it out to is an airline. Listen to this. Who does deportation flights? So when they round up people, right, and they're going to deport them back to their home country, that airline got $67 million in CARES funding. Meanwhile, mom-and-pop shops that you and I patronize and like to go to for baked goods or whether they just had some soda pop, or maybe we just like the people in there, or we just liked how their food tasted, they bellied up. But an airline that does deportation, that never went out of business the coronavirus, got $67 million in funding. IHOP and other major restaurant chains who don't need the money were the ones who were successful at getting business loans. It's shameful. That's the intersection of politics and the coronavirus. Because now all these small companies find themselves in a vortex where they can't go any further And they're done. And they work for themselves so they can't file for unemployment. They're done. All their hard work, all their savings, their bank loans are still due, by the way, so they have to go file bankruptcy. Do you see what I'm saying? And talk about it in the sense, talk about that, you know, while you're having these conversations, just check this out. The three most popular states in the country are who? You know, Texas, Florida, and California. But that's where the virus is on an uptick. What do you think is going to happen? The fallout from the Tulsa rally is going to be huge. You know that. I guarantee you today is Thursday. That rally happened Saturday night. I guarantee you that there are going to be so many more tests as a result of that. It's going to be unbelievable. You don't believe me? Check the numbers out later on. And still, they're going to have another rally. I think it's in Arizona, I think. It's crazy. The Dems are going to have their convention in Milwaukee, but they say it's going to be devoid of people. Uh, They're not going to have delegates in. They want delegates to stay home. They can vote from home. Be responsible. It seems to me that politics is now irresponsible. That politics is showing a level of indifference to the suffering and the tragedy of the American people. Right now, we're in a bind. Do you know our nearest uh, partner is Canada? Canada is continuing to close their border until July 21st, that's more than a month away. Canada is going to close their border with us until July 21st, because they say they want us to be safe and they want Canadians to be safe. And now, Of all the things that could happen, America, after World War II went and liberated Europe, Americans fought and liberated Europe. Guess what? The European Union is now saying that they are thinking of banning Americans from traveling to Europe because we haven't had a handle on coronavirus cases. Of all the things I could have heard about, that one took me totally by surprise. Now, After World War II, America went and liberated Europe and under the Marshall Plan. Have you heard of it? America provided funds to European economies to be revived. America gave these folks money, y'all. It gave England money, gave money to France and Italy to rebuild. A century later, they're telling Americans that you can't come over? That's politics imagine that. No, if we could have rewind, 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 and go back to World War II, we would have left them suckers over in Europe and say, you know what? You created Hitler deal with it, because he ain't coming over here. But instead, we went over there, fought with American blood, and then a century, less than a century later, you're telling us we're not welcome in Europe. I think every, you know what we should do? We should boycott European good spirit. Nobody should buy Prada and Gucci or whatever they sell. Nobody should ever go back to France or ever go back to Italy or buy nothing from them. Nothing. For them to consider that is unthinkable. America liberated Europe after World War II. And now they're telling America, every American should boycott Europe. You should never get another plane and should never buy any European goods. We should stop supporting economies that do not support us. And that, my friends, is my story. How is it that American blood was shed on the bridges and the plains and the beaches of Europe to liberate Europeans who turn around less than a century later and pee on the descendants of those same Americans by saying, well, we don't think, stay over there. I think America is right. Cancel all their visas, don't let them come over here. We're not going there either. You want to shut your borders and shut us up? Well, we're going to shut our economy down so you don't get jacked. Let's see how you manage that. Because it's American dollars and American consumers who power the economies of the world. If we don't buy jack, you all sit down over there. You ain't got nothing if we don't buy it. And now you're going to tell us that we can't come? We have 48. Hey, America. We have 48 contiguous states. You want to go somewhere this summer? There's Arizona. There's Utah. Let me see. New Mexico, Nevada, Wyoming, Montana. Let's all go to Wyoming or Montana or something. Let's go to Nebraska and North and South Dakota and Iowa Iowa and Idaho. Let's go up to the Catskills in New York. Let's go up into Jersey, y'all. Hey, let's go into the mountains of Virginia, West Virginia. We have too much here to travel. It would take us lifetimes to travel the entire 48 states, and not to mention Hawaii and Alaska. Anybody been to Alaska? I've never been. I want to go up there. Let's go see Russia from our backyards up in Alaska. We can stay in Alaska and watch you all just implode on yourselves when Putin starts marching across Russia across Europe. Oh, you thought you got rid of Hitler. Putin is about to start marching across Europe. Sit there with him. We're going to be in Alaska taking pictures like, and we're going to say, remember when you shut your borders to us? And lastly, American engineering and innovation is going to shut some companies down. Do you know Ford Motor Company, shout out to Detroit, Ford Motor Company, the Blue Oval, Say all you want, I still love them. I don't know. I just love the family. I don't know. Right? Ford Motor Company has bailed out so many car companies in Europe, especially in England. They bailed out Rolls Royce, they bailed out Brentley, they bailed out Rover Sterling, they bailed out Range Rover, Land Rover, off which I want one, but nobody needs to know that. Right? Right? Ford Motor Company bailed them all out. You know where Ford Motor Company comes from? Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. They started in Dearborn, Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're based in Dearborn, just right down the street. Just take Southfield Freeway. Boom! Go down and you'll see Ford Motor Company World Headquarters. It's not even ostentatious and a pillar of capitalism. Uh, it just looks kind of ordinary, like maybe five stories high off the ground. You know, just real ordinary. They don't spend a lot of money on that. They, 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 they like their money in the bank. Ford Motor Company. You know who is Ford Motor Company? They're as American as apple pie. You could not consider them anything else. They will tell you that I'm American and I'm from Michigan. I'm from Detroit. You meet any member of the Ford family and they're like, we're from Detroit. And when they say Detroit, they're not saying it for you to ask which Detroit. Not Detroit, Minnesota. There's only one Detroit and it's here. That's American ingenuity and innovation. That's American dollars bailing out Europe. And now you're going to shut your borders. You should keep them shut. And watch Putin, because Putin ain't coming over here. Putin ain't crossing the Bering Straits to come through Alaska. Are you crazy? They tried that the other day, and some jets just found them and said, hello, where are you going, brother? You're in our airspace. Turn back before we start pushing buttons. Are you hearing me? Putin is gonna march across Europe while you're all sitting there in your. It, it, it's the same. It's the same supremacy idea that caused you to march across the Atlantic and go look for slaves and bring them to the New World so you could make money. It's the same idea you're looking down on the American colonies. Like seriously, I think that guy Lyndon Johnson had it right. The story goes that Lyndon Johnson was an American president right after JFK. England was running out of money in the early 60s. They didn't have any money. Johnson was the president right after JFK, so it was about the mid-60s. England needed some more money under the Marshall Plan. They sent an emissary to, to, uh, to, 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 to the White House in the person of one of their own. And Linda Johnson said, who set this up in the first place? Because it was set up after World War II. He said, I ain't giving them no money. He eventually relinquished and gave them money, without which England could not have restarted. That was American money. And these suckers have the nerve. Huh? Y'all hearing me? I'm serious about this. You, you, you got to get to the stage where you, you call it what it is. You wanna play politics? Well, we can play bigger politics with you. And no, don't get me wrong, it was the American president who first shut the borders. I thought that was premature at that point. Travel should have been restricted. Language and messaging is very important. You see what I mean? So it should have been, well, in consideration of this, maybe we need to modify uh, you know, the exchange of travel between countries maybe that needed to happen it, it, the language could have been modified but the intent was not to should have not was not to cause hostility and acrimony but i believe what the european union is doing now is, as far as i'm concerned is acrimonious. i'm like who matter of fact i'm adjusting myself i ain't going to europe after this i have for, uh, this is what i have 47 actually i have 49 other states to go explore the ones i don't know the ones I don't know, I know most of them, so the ones I have never been to, I, I need to go explore them. So I'm going to start doing that my next summer trip next year. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm not going to no dark Europe. I'm going to go down to South America and stuff. I've been to South America. I, I think it's time we go south, don't you think? Yeah, let's go south of the border. Mexico, we always travel to Mexico. I think Mexico should be free and open to everybody. That's just what I'm saying. But that's just me. Uh, But we should go south. Yeah, through Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras. Head down into Guyana, Brazil. Yeah. Argentina, Peru, Uruguay. Yeah. I think we should go there. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we should go. Stay on this side of the continent. Stay on this side of the world. Leave them over there. Let Europe, when, when Putin starts marching through Europe, let them deal with that. Trump was closing the base in uh, Germany. You know what that would do? (laughs) That would destabilize Europe. (laughs) You realize that? That's that intersection. So the coronavirus created this disconnect in people's minds that people start forgetting where your help comes from. People start forgetting who got your back and who is uh, by your side and who has been by your side, all these years. So what if we had a guy in there for four years who didn't understand the politics? So what? You're going to judge the history of our relationship by one guy who is on his way out? He's not going to make it. This was a mistake they made. They were in some kind of hegemony where they felt like this guy was going to be their white hope because they were so tribal in their politics. But the bigger picture is that America has always defended the rest of you all. We've always come to your defense. We've always come to bail you all out. We've always been there as your supplier, as your provider. We provided safety, security, and finances when you needed it. So you're going to knock all Americans based on one man? Are you serious? Then what you're going to find is that the rest of us are going to stand up. It's not that we really like the guy. We're just going to stand there and say, oh, so that's what you've always thought. You've always been jealous of our position. So now you think you can take over. We should have left your asses on that season and let you flounder. So you know what's going to happen the next time when Putin and the next dictator rises up, what are we going to do? We're going to leave you all to figure it out and say, you know what? America is for Americans first. Because this is crazy. This is just crazy, right? I only have a few more minutes, so I want to delve into this. So when you look at this, the fact that dozens of Secret Service agents are now manifesting, that's going to continue to happen, right? Some people are saying that this, the virus, by after July 4th, which is next week, we might be seeing apocalyptic cases, surges. So it's going to be pretty intense for a minute there. I want us all to bear in mind, too, that this happened because we we didn't manage the virus well. Uh, The outbreak, before it even got here, we should have had controls implemented. And to this day, even in spite of the facts, you're seeing the facts, people are still in denial and won't wear a mask. I don't understand that. I don't want to breathe your air. I found myself, I went to the mall yesterday, and I went to the mall because it's part of my self-care regimen. I haven't been to the mall in three months, and it was the anniversary of my mother's death yesterday. So I went to the mall to make me feel better, right? I can't go to Canada. can't go anywhere. And I was amazed at the number of people walking around without a mask. It shook me, you know. It shook me. I was like, seriously? I had my mask on. And I encourage you all to do so. Wear a mask. You're breathing in the air of people who are asymptomatic. And so I wore a mask and I didn't joke about it. I just put on a mask and got out of there. When I came home, I stripped my clothes off, threw them down the chutes, and put them in the laundry because, oh no. Right. And so when you look at these, then, then I was reading something that says uh, Ali Nouri, he is a microbiologist and he's president of the American Federation of Scientists. And he said, check this out. He says, do not use public restrooms. How many of us hate public restrooms? Let me just raise your hand. That's me all day. How many of us are paranoid about using public restrooms? It was already a thing with me to go use a public restroom. When you flush, it's flying all over the place. Everybody is flushing. It was always terrifying to me, and you don't want to touch, especially during flu season. It was always, (laughs) it was always a problem for me. Well, this this gentleman is saying, do not use public restrooms. And he says, if you gotta go, you gotta go, and you must. Uh, I use my foot to flush. Uh, use a paper towel to dry your hands. Don't turn on the dryer because it just blows the stuff all over the place. I kid you not. And use the stuff that we do, use paper towel to turn the water on, to use the soap dispenser. And I'm like, do not use public restrooms, period. Don't use public restrooms. Do not use public restrooms. And when you go home, take your clothes off, step in your shower, and wash your hair from your roots right down to the ends, wash your hands, strip your clothes off. I kid you not, do not use public restrooms. Now, how many people you think are going to abide by that? Because we're out eating. We want to go out and eat and feel like life is normal because that's what we're accustomed to. We're accustomed to, especially at this time of the year, to being outdoorsy. You're accustomed to going to the boathouse, getting on your boat. Everybody touching the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, have fun with that. I'm just saying, have fun. Because this is not going to go away. It's not going to go away. This is going to continue and continue and continue. We need to make sure that we understand how this virus works. We know by now what to do, but we're not adhering to it. We think we are masters of our own destiny. We found out that we're not in control as much as we thought because a virus erupted that took over the whole world. We thought our borders protected us, our engineering, our automation, our innovation protected us. And then we found that it's a people-produced bacteria. It's, it's, it's a human connectivity issue. So wherever human beings come together, then it would happen. So people who went to China to celebrate the Chinese New Year brought the virus back to Europe and North America and to South America because it's a human transmission that we're dealing with. So if it's human transmission, different people have different perspectives. Different people have different hygiene standards. Everybody is not the same body. Everybody's body is not the same. Some of us are more susceptible to virus transmission than others. I'm a firm believer that most of us have had exposure to other viruses. We just had a different immune system reaction. This, this virus is proving that either you got it or you don't. You might think you're healthy, but then you find out you're not. You might think that you wouldn't get the coronavirus, but hey, here it comes. So what we're looking at right now is that we're at the intersection of public policy and this virus. Politicians are saying, I'm not going to shut down the state. I'm going to keep businesses open. So people are going to continue to go to work and become infected. People are going to continue to mingle and intermix and become more and more infected until large swaths of your population are shut down. So let me ask you this question. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen, Governor DeSantis, in Florida? What's going to happen in Arizona? What's going to happen in North and South Carolina? What's going to happen in Texas? Just tell me, what's going to happen when large swaths of your population start dying from the the virus because you don't want to shut down the economy? Is it going to take family members around you to fall prey to this, for you to do something? That's that intersection. See, here in Michigan, we had a pretty good understanding of that. Our governor did. Our governor said, well, make no mistake about it. This is going to affect all of us. Let's just do this and do the hard work now so we can survive later. She did. They nearly killed her. They threatened her. They gave her death threats. They showed up at her house with guns. Stands stood outside her living room windows with guns pointed inside while her children and husband are inside. So the person probably just said, you know what? It's not worth it. You're not a revolutionary. We don't want to lose our lives. Give it to them. Let them have their way. And what happened? Now there's an uptick in cases because everybody went and mingled and marched on Lansing because you're liberators. What you liberating from? She doesn't have the right. Well, now you, you, you thought she didn't have the right. Okay, well, she let you see who has the right. Now go deal with the coronavirus. That's intersection of politics. At least in that case, that came out well. But what about in Florida and Texas? I'm really concerned about those states. There are lots of people living there who are black and brown. The inequities and disparities in healthcare alone is challenging enough. And it's going to prove to be the barrier and that equidistancing that's going to produce the record levels of hospitalizations that are already occurring. If more people are hospitalized, what it is telling us is that you are not in control as much as you think. That means people are really sick and eventually your healthcare system is going to be overwhelmed. You only have so many beds available for, for infection, for ICU. I, I, it's one of those things that the coronavirus showed us. There are only 100,000 ICU beds in America. I know we're arrogant enough to say, well, we don't really get sick, blah, 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 but you never really thought that a large-scale thing like this could have happened. What if something had happened one day? You only have 100,000 ICU beds in the entire country of 363 million people. That was always a formula for disaster. Now, the arrogance of the EU to think that they can shut the borders to their liberators it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Again, they're playing politics. And I think as Americans, we should reconsider some of the agreements we have with them. I personally am not going to buy anything from France any soon. I used to use L'Oreal uh, makeup and L'Oreal foundation, uh, face moisturizer. I'm not going to buy that crap anymore. For what? Because you dared to play politics With your liberator. Right? All these folks, all these politicians are grandstanding. Nobody is thinking about the people involved. There is an intersection. Politics, people, and health. That's what we're seeing played out. Our economy. We've made the economy central. But the economy was never central. The people were essential. The people are who makes the money and who make the mayor go round and round. It was never the money. It's the people. If the people don't get up and go to work, if they don't take their money that they're paid to go shopping, nothing goes round and round. All this time, it has been centered on Wall Street and the technocrats in Wall Street, the autocrats in Wall Street. Yes, I said it, the meritocrats in Wall Street. America is fast becoming a meritocracy based on how much money you have as opposed to the focus being on people. Do you see how that played out? Yeah, you wanted the stock market points to go up. And guess what? More people got sick. But there is an indifference from politicians when it comes to massive numbers of people being sick. That's our intersection. That's where we find ourselves right now. As a republic, we now have to figure out what is more important to us. Is it our people or is it our money? We have the ability to do both. We just choose to focus only on our money. No, if you focus on the people, then all things will come because the people will become loyal and the people will strive to maintain their position and maintain their society as they see it. This intersection is something that we're going to see played out in the next few weeks. And I'm afraid it's not going to end well. The numbers are going to go up, and it's going to look as if we as Americans do not even care about our own people. How are we going to convince the rest of the world that we care about the people living in your borders when our own people were subject to public policy from politicians that made them sicker. Interesting times, isn't it? Yeah, my name is Harriet Kemick. Thank you for listening to me this morning. Go to my website, harrietkemick.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Facebook. I ain't seeing you all on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and of course I'm on Instagram as Harriet Kamek. My podcasts are available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, as well as Apple, Google Podcasts. Wherever there is a podcast platform, you can hear down to earth, with Harriet Kamek. I just want to tell you thank you so much this morning. Thanks everybody for being with me. Let's continue to hold each other up. We still have a number of issues that we're doing with all at the same time. It's just coming up all at the same time. We can do this. We're strong. We can do this. Thanks so much everybody. Be blessed. I keep thinking today is Friday, but it's not yet. Wow. (laughs) Thanks everybody. Be blessed.